This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that uh, about 5 billion, billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. Welcome to Dear Hank and John. Nor as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, did you yeah. know? Did you know that uh, that humans actually eat more bananas than monkeys? Uh, I'm not that surprised. There are so many of us. Well, also, we don't actually eat that many monkeys. <laughs> That's, I like it. I like it. I like it because it's got a level of grammatical ambiguity, uh-huh. and it emphasizes how how stupid English is. So it's a winner to <laughs> That's me. That's really what he wants. <laughs> it's a winner to me. Oh Lord. Oh uh, Hank. Yeah, John. So for all the people who aren't our FBI agents listening to our mm. phone calls, Hank and I just had yeah. a, a far ranging forty five minute conversation about the world's yeah. ills. World. Uh huh. And especially the world's ills as they relate to us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the, mo- the most important people. Um, yeah. Uh, my conclusion, John. Right. Is that it would be really, really cool yeah. if we bought Twitter and shut it down. Like that well, would it- be that would be like a big move. That would be a mover and shaker big move. Yeah. I mean. Here's the bad news. We don't have Uh 1% of 1% of the money that would require. But we do have 1% of like 0.05% of the money that would require. And so all we need is like a million other people. (laughs) I don't want to do if we're going to do that. Let's make AFC Wimbledon the best football team in the history of the world. Like the truth (laughs) is. If that's, instead of investing all of I our time and attention go. on Twitter, we invested all of our time and attention into AFC Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon would rocket out of League Two next season. My main yeah. complaint is that so many people, good people who think that they are acting right by themselves and their families in the world, 
are not giving AFC Wimbledon right. money to increase their playing budget. Well, here's an interesting thought, John. What yeah. if instead of convincing like millions of people to give AFC Wimbledon money, you just convince like 20 very good soccer players to give AFC Wimbledon their talent? Mm. Could you make the case to Mo Salah? Could you be like, Mo, yeah. hello, I'm John Green. Yeah. Yeah. I write moving prose. I, yeah. I can make people... Uh, understand things that are very complicated, very efficiently. And I am going to convince you that you no longer need to do what you're doing for Wimbledon. No, Liverpool. Yeah. And then instead you could do it for Wimbledon. Well, I'm I'm not going to do that to Mo Salah because I need him to play for Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. One of the other ones then. Yeah, sure. Like one of the ones on Manchester City, for instance. I'd like to get rid of all of those ones. Yeah. Is Will Power on that team? No, he's an IndyCar driver. (laughs) That was close, though. That was close. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Will Power would do great in fourth tier English soccer, but he's a very good race car driver. It seems like there's probably some transferable skills. Yeah. I mean, quick reaction time. It's a great name. Will Power. It is a great name. Yeah. I think he's 42 years old, which is another reason he might not be amazing in a professional <laughs> soccer capacity. But he's a very he's a very nice guy. I've spoken to him a few times. Oh wow! As, as nice See, as, as you're nice already as you working on him. You're working on him. Hank, I bet I he wanna... could help us by Twitter. <laughs> so Hank, listen, I have a proposal for you, and mm-hmm. before I state it, just remember <laughs> that a lot of times when you hear something for the first time you feel defensive, right? Like that's just a human. I don't think this is going to be the first time I'm going to have heard this, but I would like curious. I would like you Uh to go two weeks, 14 days, not without tweeting, but without mentioning Twitter. Oh, you can tweet tweet all you want. Just don't tweet about Twitter or make YouTube videos about Twitter. Or mm. make TikToks about Twitter. I'm but saying, Twitter's one of my main areas of expertise. Uh, well, yeah. I have, a, <laughs> I have a whole podcast about Twitter. I'm going to edit it right after we record this. <laughs> I, yeah, Hank, no, we all know that you are really into Twitter. I'm going to propose a two-week it, hiatus from talking about Twitter. It's, it's telling that I would rather have a two-week hiatus from Twitter than a two-week hiatus from talking about Twitter. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know, but I think that it's something but you need to look. But it doesn't surprise you. Yeah. You need, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. And I think you need to look deep into your soul and try to understand what the obsession, not with tweeting, but with tweeting about Twitter is about. Uh, I think it's I think it's important, but I might be wrong. I'm often told by people who don't spend any time on Twitter that I'm wrong about that. Well, of course, you. Th- I, like I said, I knew the moment I mentioned it that you would become a little bit uh, defensive because, of course. It gives me something to think about, that's for sure. Oh, I'm what glad would I, I talk about? Just dogs? Um, here's the thing, Hank. I think that if you ban yourself from talking about Twitter, you may discover that you have other insights about the nature mm-hmm. of the world. I well, also think I th- that, like, I think you are a little too focused on Twitter as a shorthand for the social internet when Twitter is just the shorthand for the worst parts of the social internet. Sure, sure, sure. Anyway, Hank, let's answer some questions, beginning with this wonderful question. 
entitled Profound Art Assignment Related Mortification from Sarah, who writes, Dear John and Hank, at the beginning of the pandemic, I read Sarah Green's book, You Are an Artist, and I really liked the fake flyer assignment. So I made a bunch of fake flyers. This is an assignment created by an artist named Nathaniel Russell. It's been very good for my mental health, and I love making my fake flyers. However, they have just caused my most profound mortification. I was updating my friends on my latest crabbed theme flyer, and I accidentally sent a picture to a random boy I knew in high school. And this is a pretty weird flyer. My conundrum is, I have not spoken to this boy in quite a long time. Do I, like, follow up and try to explain the flyer? Do I pretend it never happened? Is two years long enough to forget this so that when we go to our class reunion, I won't have to explain to this man why I sent him a picture of a crab holding a purse no, no, no. entitled Crabulous. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Sarah sent the uh, image in question. We'll we'll put it on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Dear Hank and John, but it is... It's, it's Crabulous. It's Crabulous. That's the only word sure. for it. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's, a, it's a fabulous crab. And... And this random boy from high school has received a fabulous crab from Sarah with no context. What do you yeah. do, Hank? I have a couple of thoughts. One, I love that it was very easy to look this up in the inbox because only one person has sent us an email containing the word crabulous. Now, that is both kind of cool and also a little bit of a shame. So I just want to like let everybody know that I'm up for more. Second, n- the only thing to do is to go harder, right? Like, we agree on this. Mm. Not on this one guy. Risky. But on everyone. Risky. You text everyone you know crab stuff because we don't do enough work maintaining our social connections. Yes. And I think that if I got a crab from a person that I knew four or five years ago and I hadn't talked to in a while, I would be really happy. I'd be like, oh, that person. And I would probably, I think that you'd get a fair number of positive responses and maybe- yeah. Have deeper relationships with more people, which I think is one of the main things that we need more in our world. Also, it's very rare that I get an email that one does not expect a reply and two asks absolutely nothing of me except pure pleasure. So sending people crabulous style entertainments Uh Uh via email Seems to me like wonderful, especially if the only words in the email are, please do not reply. John, I'm starting a new social media app. It's called Crabulous. <laughs> Great. It's, it's, it's at crabule.us. Uh-huh. And crabulo.us? It would be, cra- <laughs> it would be crabello.us, which is crabello. really good. <laughs> it's really good. It's, in it fact, would be like, why is it called Crabello? It's called Crabulous! <laughs> So well, at Crabello.us, you can just send crabs to people, and this is how we heal the nation. <laughs> All right, I, we have to. It's crabulous, so it actually would be Crabulo.us. <laughs> Neither Hank nor I is a particularly good speller. Crabulo.us, and this is a phenomenal idea. The best part about it, Hank, is that once you get obsessed with Crabulo.us, you'll completely stop talking about Twitter, which would be wonderful. And yeah. the the best best part will be in like six or seven years when Crabulo.us has become a tremendous force for evil in the world due to all <laughs> kinds of unexpected, unintended yeah, consequences yeah. Uh-huh. and 
outcomes that we couldn't possibly have perceived when we started our our crab distribution <laughs> image website. And when Krabulo.us is like, is the Twitter of its moment, and everyone is like, I hate Krabulo so much, and you'll be giving interviews <laughs> on podcasts where you're like, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, I do nothing but drink green tea until one o'clock in the morning, whereupon mm-hmm. I have a 17,000 calorie meal and then I sleep for 45 minutes and I've been doing that every day for seven years and I don't understand what the problem is. Everything's going great. I don't know what anybody's talking about. Yes, I can also be the CEO of a bunch of other companies. Why would that be an issue? I'm a, I've got infinite powers and, it, and I'm, I'm good. Uh, P.S. Who's, who, who's talking about Twitter now? I'm not talking about Twitter. I'm talking about Krabulo.us and you in the He's future. talking about Hank and Krabulo. And, <laughs> and then I have the power to push the button. Yes. The and most the will? Of, yes. The best, best, best thing about Krabulo.us is that after it has that hockey stick growth rise, after it's valued at tens of billions of dollars, after it becomes a force for social evil, that is when Hank Green heroically turns yeah. off Krabulo.us and says, enough, enough. Enough, enough. And you pass up billions of dollars just for the pure pleasure of turning it off. I love it. I love that idea, Hank. This is, it's now a novel way to Now everybody come join me at Krabulo.we. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for you to be like, listen, Vine is dead. However, <laughs> Krabulo.tv is where you now go for all your live streaming services. We've got middle out compression. You've never seen, you've never seen a streaming video like Krabulo.tv has. <laughs> it's all crabs. <laughs> All right. Well, if anybody knows how to, this is the only feature that Krabulo.us needs. It needs to be able to import my address book somehow. I don't know if I'm, it's on my phone. That seems to be a thing apps can do. And then it needs to be able to like let me pick the ones I want to send crabs to. That seems like a really easy app. Krabulo.us. Even we can't refer to it as Krabulous because it's so <laughs> tempting to call it Krabulo.us. Krabulo is a great name. I'm sure it's available. I haven't even checked. I might make our coffee company called Krabulo Coffee. I really like it. (laughs) It's a little bit too close to crap for a coffee, I feel like. No, it's crab. Crabulo Coffee. People would be like, well, that sounds fancy. Krabulo. Yeah. It's from the uh the Mariana Islands. Is that a place? Sure. Yeah, probably. Update. Hank has just spent $11.27 to buy Krabulo.us. You have Krabulo. to go there. Krabulo. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I mispronounce it? Is it not <laughs> Krabulo.us? It's Krabulo? Krabulo, yes. I just had to I just had to choose what okay. the purpose of the website was. Is it educational, government, personal, nonprofit, or for profit? I'm going to call that. <laughs> it's for... It's for profit, Hank. Are you kidding? We're going to become billionaires yeah. off of it. Hopefully we can change that in the future because I did I did register it as personal. Because at the moment, that's how it feels. Oh, great. Feels very personal. Great. Yeah. I Yeah, Twitter never becomes Twitter if the original <laughs> domain registration had been for personal uh, reasons. Oh, boy. I like... I, so you've decided that the emphasis is definitely on the second syllable. Crabula. Crabula. Dot U.S. Mm-hmm. Not crabulo. Dot U.S. Or, or crabulo. Cr- or crab. Crabulo, no. This is a, it's, it's a general. Crabulo. Crabulo. 
<laughs> it's almost it's like you could see how Jared Leto would say it in the house of Gucci. Crabulo. <laughs> Hank, Hank, yeah. this is a podcast where we answer questions. Is it? We need to answer some. Okay. And this one is from Stephanie who writes, Dear John and Hank, I recently saw an article that said plants can grow in lunar soil. This must only be because the soil is here on Earth with the proper amount of light and water sure, and atmosphere. Sure, yeah. But what if we created a huge terrarium on the moon and we slowly opened it so that the atmosphere was created and then plants just kept growing there? Could that happen? Best wishes, Stephanie. It could, it could look, it probably wouldn't happen exactly that way. And there's also like, I don't think that they just put plants in lunar soil and we're like, all right, good, done. Uh, I think there's some, some additives that you need to do, but certainly doable, could build a terrarium, and then you'd have the problem of like, you, you sort of let the gases out, but the gases have to be coming from somewhere. So you have to be bringing, like there has to be some kind of like source for nitrogen. There has to be some kind of source for carbon and mm. carbon dioxide and oxygen. Mm. But you, you could imagine that a plant could do this. And then you like vent it a little bit at a time. And then you have a lot of these terrariums and then the plants are doing a lot of the work. Maybe some like human activities doing some of the work and you're filling the moon up with atmosphere. Just like lots of different techniques to ha- to, to bring enough atmosphere to the moon. Now you've got a problem long-term, which is you need a lot of atmosphere for the moon because it doesn't have a lot of gravity to keep it down. So you actually need more atmosphere per moon to to have a breathable oh. atmosphere. Uh, oh. so, so that, because it's gonna be a big, mm. big fluffy atmosphere because there isn't as much gravity to pull it down. And then you have another mm. problem, which is that because it's so high up, it's easier for it to get like pushed away by the solar wind. So you have to replenish it more frequently, but it's, it's completely technically feasible. Like there's a, there's nothing to say that this isn't possible. It is just difficult uh, and easier probably to build a lot of uh, domes that you fill up rather than trying to fill up a big fluffy atmosphere all the way around the moon. Well, well, I'm not going either way. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, you know what I want to do on the moon? Hmm. Swimming. I think it'd be really weird to swim in low gravity. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be cool. That's what I want to do. I feel like it'd be so fun to splash and jump into the pool. I want to go swimming on the moon. Is that too much to ask? This is, this is the, this is how you end (laughs) up not being able to shut down Krabulo is because, because you need enough money to build a swimming pool on the moon. Now, yeah. he's just replacing a word with another word, and that doesn't count as not talking about the word. <laughs> no. Just so you know. You can't be like, you can't be like, man, I find the 280 character limit on Krabulo super no. frustrating. Like, that's not how it no, works. No, I'm talking about in the future when our when our new crab app is super popular, uh, and we need to shut it down because it's causing harm to the world, but we can't yeah. because I need to save we money can't. to build a swimming pool on the moon. Right. And Hank will be like, I, I'm I'm so close to finally having it all, finally having what I want out of this world, which is to swim on the moon. I'm so close. And and once I've swum on the moon, John, I'll finally be complete and I can stop <laughs> yearning. I can stop reaching ceaselessly being born back into the past. That's right, Hank. That's that's right, John. I'm just one moon swim away from finally being at peace. But unfortunately, we do have to put our noses to the grindstone for another 20 years so that I can finally feel complete. Yeah. 
Maybe somebody else can do that, and then I can go swim in their moon pool. This next question comes from Pablo, because I'm the only one asking questions today. Dear John and Hank, where the heck did the phrase run of the mill come from? It makes no sense to me. Is the object running from the mill or to the mill? Surely it's not running of the mill. Mm -hmm. What even is a mill? Here's your run-of-the-mill sign-off, pumpkins and penguins, Pablo. Do you know the answer to this question, John? Or do you want to mess about? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know the answer to the question? I do. Uh, Well, then let's mess about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you know what a mill is. I know what a mill is. Like, I assume that it's like a textile mill, and I assume that the run of the mill is like the average, you know, it's not like the first piece made in the run. Mm-hmm. It's not the last piece made in the run when the when the yarn's gotten whatever. It's it's right in the middle. That's my guess. It's that's close. It is actually just whatever the mill made. So if you run a textile mill, Apparently, oh. um, the there are some textiles that come off that are, you know, grade A and some that are grade B and some that are like grade F. Um, and they're going to be all mixed together. And they're going to, and this is less the case now, but back in the day, there were just going to be like some defects, some mistakes, some looser weaves or some dye that was bad. And so you have like the grade A stuff that's perfect and you got to sell that to your top tier clients. And then you have your like grade F stuff that's like, you're going to make it into potato sacks or whatever. And so in in this case, if you get the run of the mill, you just buy whatever the mill made that day. And then you oh. you separate it out yourself. And you get grade A through grade F, and then you deal with it yourself. Yeah. And, and you don't know how much of what you're going to get, but like maybe you don't really care that much. So mm, just give me the I run like of the it. mill. So there you go, Pablo. There's your answer. It's a little disappointing to me that there's such a clear answer. I was hoping that it was going to lead to a Kribulis style I can't even say crabulous anymore. I've forgotten. I've forgotten the underlying word. Anyway, uh, back to that question about crabs. You just got to send everybody a crab, and we want to make a tool to help you do that. But it's probably going to take a while. One thing you should know about crabulous is that we, it is twenty five bucks a month. I, w- I was thinking, um, how would it work? Is it like per send? Do you like pay? Do you, Do you like have to double click on the little app button and send us five bucks to send? Uh, everybody in your address book a crab or like how do you monetize because i think it's, it feels I think like it's, it would cost money no yeah i think it's we will both design and send a crab to all mm-hmm. of your friends right if you pay us twenty dollars yeah okay and tomorrow like you can log back in and get a new crab sent to all your friends for twenty dollars mm-hmm. and so on forever it's just twenty dollars a day that's not that much I don't know the exact way to monetize it, Hank, but if I've learned one thing from previous social internet experiences, it's that you don't have to monetize it. All you have to do is gather a lot of attention and then convince venture capitalists that one day you'll be able to monetize it. <laughs> yeah, and sell it before they realize. Right. This next question comes from Drew, who asks, Dear Hank and John, my uh, understanding is that humans are covered in microbial life inside and out. Mm. And my understanding that these bacteria are, at least in some cases, pretty important. Presumably... 
they do not yet inhabit Mars. So my question is, if humans go to Mars and spend a substantial amount of time there, will they have to be really careful about not overusing things like hand sanitizer or soap to maintain their healthy microbiome? I know that any humans who go to Mars will inevitably bring their bacteria with them, but would there be a risk of like running out of bacteria because the bacteria come from Earth? The bacteria who are about to die salute you, Drew. We have the opposite problem of this. Which is that the bacteria will grow out of control? Yeah. Like, so, like, on the space station, for example, like, we don't have any problems yeah. with, like, not there being not enough bacteria, but we do have problems with, like, mold growing where it should not grow, it being mm. a little stinky all the time, and mm-hmm. uh, and needing to be careful about where water is so that you don't get weird life happening. Uh, But bigger than that, when we send stuff to Mars, we are really careful to not bring microbes with it. And that's almost impossible. But like we're very careful to minimize that because it could mess up your readings of data. You don't want to like measure life on Mars and be like, we found life on Mars and be like, ah, sorry, that was E. coli from 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 my ham sandwich. And you also don't want to contaminate it generally. Like you don't want to like mess with the existing bio biosphere that might exist on Mars, which it probably doesn't, but like you wouldn't want to mess with it if it did. But when we go, we're going to mess with it. We are full. We are big bags of life, dirty, dirty humans. We cannot sterilize ourselves. We are going to bring life to Mars and not just ourselves. And uh, and that's a that's a concern for those those first missions and enough of a concern that a lot of people sort of advocate like not doing it until we better know what's what's up with Mars. Um, and I and understand that. Leon Musk is one such person. I yes. mean, Leon Musk, my friend Leon, has been very outspoken in his belief that we need to carefully consider all the bacteriological implications of t- sending humans to Mars mm-hmm. at least until 2027. That's, you know, his 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 motto is let's spend five years looking at this and then make the decision. It does seem, and I'm not I'm not certain about this, but it does seem like Leon Musk is winning that argument at the moment. It does not <laughs> seem like humans are uh, going to be able to rush to Mars quite as quickly as maybe they had hoped a few years ago. <laughs> and I, for one, oh. think that's great news. It's great news for whatever Martian ecosystem may or may not exist. That said, uh-huh. do you want to know the fact, I don't, I, I'm over the fact that half of our cells are bacterial and that like when we think of ourselves and our wants and our mm-hmm. will, we're thinking about all of that in, in conversation and consultation with billions of organisms, some of them human, most of them microbiological. I'm, I'm over all of that. Correct. The one thing I'm not over, Hank, is that one time you told me that on average, as best we can tell, sometimes <laughs> the average human has more cells that belong to them yeah. than they have bacterial cells inside of their bodies. Yep. And other times they don't. And what decides <laughs> that is primarily how recently the person has pooped. Yeah. So you like drop, like you drop right back up, like I'm mostly me uh, at a particular moment. And it is a particular moment. Now, you could also make the case that the digestive system is not the inside of the body, in which case you're always all almost all you. You know, very Everybody says that. Everybody says, "Oh, the digestive system is not the, in, the inside of the body, but it 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 obviously is." It affects like, it certainly does affect it. You know? Yeah. Like if you if you get if you have a problem 
if you're you yeah. have a problem with your stomach, you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. If if right? yeah, if the tube doesn't tube, you die. Yeah. So like it does yeah, like if, it is very sort like, of intrinsic. Yeah. It's hard to argue that it's outside of my body when my body is so deeply dependent upon it. Yeah. The tube got a tube. Which reminds me, John, this this podcast is brought to you by the tube um that goes all the way through. The tube in you, A plus. Oh, Go, do hey, the do. Before we do the rest of the sponsors, yeah. I have to tell you something incredible. Okay, what? I learned something. I just read this book, uh, The Woman Beneath the Skin. It is by a German historian about an 18th century German doctor. Mm-hmm. It was recommended to me by one of the women who worked on Crash Course European History. Mm-hmm. I loved this book. It's bonkers. It's all about like how medicine was practiced in 18th century Germany, especially when it came to women. Yeah. And, okay, so this doctor, who was a well-respected 18th century doctor, he has this whole epic paragraph where he speculates about what happens when a person, like, say, like, you're a sewer or whatever, you're, you know, that's the work that you do, and you accidentally swallow a pin. Yeah. What do what do you think happens when when, when you swallow a pin? I don't know. It sounds bad. Okay, let me give you a different example. What do you think happens if you swallow a penny or okay. a uh, a tiny piece of corn? I think that it without without chewing it, because we all know what happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, do we? Well, uh, yeah. Do it we? Goes, so you you swallow it and then it goes through your body and then it comes yep. out the just comes does out the, the tube. Uh, Comes out the other end of the tube. That's what you think happens. Yeah, it's just like it's on a water slide. Yeah. This guy has this epic paragraph where he's like, who knows where it's going to come out? Might come out between the toes. Might come out in a, in a knee abscess. Might come out through the belly button. Uh, he told. He said. He said. He. I, I heard one time somebody said that uh, they swallowed a pin and it came out of their eye. Who knows what happens when you swallow something? Oh. This is how different Where did the, the conception of the from? body was. Had he well, never poop- had corn? <laughs> well, actually, there's a pretty good chance he hadn't. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this was a piece of insight about the human early. body that little- we only got once corn came to the <laughs> once we had the Colombian exchange. That's right. That's right. Anyway, today's podcast is also brought to you by Johann Storch. Johann Storch speculating. What happens when you swallow something since 1719? This podcast, of course, is also brought to you by the Moon Pool. The Moon Pool. We will build it. We will build it. (laughs) It's like Mark Twain with his printing press. Like, why did Hank go broke? Moon Moon Pool. pool. Moon. We just couldn't. He couldn't give up on that dream of that moon pool. God, it would be so cool. Uh, I mean, it would be fine. I don't know. It would be like a seven out of ten. Do you think I could swim up out of a moon pool and then like get all the way out of the water and then crash back down like a dolphin? I feel like (laughs) Like I could. Reaching whale. Yeah. Maybe. I feel like I could. But let me submit that you could also have that experience on Earth. Mm, Oh, I'd be like, I go like way up and then I come crashing down. I I just no. (laughs) I'd like. Hire a helicopter, no. have the helicopter f- fly 10 feet over the sea and jump into the sea. And it's the same experience. Oh, I got actually dangerous, I out how to do it. potentially fatal, I how to do it. really stupid. It's all the same thing. You go under underwater and then yeah. you uh, so you go down as far as you can swim 
and then sure. you uh, have like a compressed air canister and you fill up something really big and then it becomes mm-hmm. a big buoyant thing and then it pulls you out and then you let go of it at the last second because you're going so fast and you just go Whoo! i'd pay for that <laughs> i mean it's it's all about the timing <laughs> i'd pay i'd pay i'd pay 29.99 for that well that's significantly less expensive than building a moon pool. Yeah. I would almost be willing to like have one of those custom made for you if you would <laughs> stop obsessing so much over crabulo.us I, if well, you catch my drift. Look, I <laughs> I would think that, I don't think these things are related to each other. We got to get through the sponsors, John. Fine. Fine. Last sponsor. It's crabulo.us. Oh, $20 a day. What a value. We're going to heal the world. It's $20 a day. It's $600 a month. <laughs> it's better to say $20 a day. And what, what service do you provide for $20 a day? Oh, we send out crab emails. Oh, to, to your users? No, to their friends. <laughs> I don't know, John. It's it's $600 a month. It's but you know, there are those like... A month. There are those like ridiculous things that rich people spend money on, you know, like where they like spend all of the money just to have the ridiculous thing, you know, like what is uh, ultimately what is a supercar except right. for Crabulo.us? Right, right. Yes, you can get a crab yeah. and it proves your status. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if we, there's any way we could make these Crabulos less fungible. Mm, maybe entirely, entirely unfungible. Mm. We mm. we may have, we may have stumbled into a billion dollar idea, Hank. That's definitely gonna keep being a thing. <laughs> we also have a project for awesome message. We're all over the place really today. Are. Actually, we're not. We're not. We're just in one place. We just keep going. Keep going back to that village that we started in. We also have a project for awesome message from Allison Martin from Madison, Wisconsin, to Ben Anderson. Thanks for introducing me to this community years ago. I've been shaped by and grown so much from being a nerd fighter, and I owe it all to you. I miss you and look forward to our next random adventure. Also, shout out to my other nerd fighter friends, Lily, Gina, and Kristen. Hank and John, thank you for being yourselves and striving to be the best version of who that is. Thank you, Allison. And I don't know how to say thank you in any way other than to offer you a 30% discount at crabulo.us right now. That's right. Only Only $400 a month, Allison. You can have access to all of Crabulo.us's features, including less fungible tokens, not entirely unfungible, (laughs) and... LFTs. And access to the moon pool if and when we build it, which we totally will, don't worry. Yeah, it's gonna be at our event. (laughs) We're gonna give people, when they are disappointed by our event, we're gonna give them 30 minutes in the moon pool. That's such a good idea, Hank, to say, listen, when we get to a $4 billion valuation, and we will, we will build a moon pool. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. 
And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius, because there will be a world without us. John, this question comes from, from Rebecca, who asks, Dear Hank and John, while watching my dog after she gets up from the floor, I had a thought. Do snakes ever have to stretch? Serpents and stretches, Rebecca, 11. Rebecca, thank you for your question. I thought about this a lot, and then I got halfway through, and I, I, I thought started thinking about it wrong. So here's what happened. You said, do snakes ever have to stretch? And I thought about that. I really did. But then I started to think about whether they scratch, and I thought you were asking whether they scratch. And then I got really obsessed with the fact that, like, if you're a snake and you have an itch anywhere on your body, Mm. it's like having an itch right in the middle of your back. Mm. Great observation. They they can't scratch. They have nothing to scratch with. Hank, I— what a what a hard life. I feel like I have to just rub it on stuff. I feel like I and I hate to interrupt you, but I feel like I have to tell you something. What? I um just got my, my so once a day I get a notification from a social network. It's the only social network that I use. Yep. Regularly. I think I know what you And I am I am the oldest user. Do you know what it is? <laughs> what your notification is? Yes. No. It's, you don't know what the social network is. I know what the social network is. What is it? It's TikTok. No, it's not. Oh. It's Be Real. Oh, you gotta, yeah, I couldn't get Be Real because I felt too old. Like, none of my friends are going to sign up for Be Real. So you got to be real right now? I wasn't really listening to you because I, well, I only have two minutes once I get the notification in, oh to post God, the Be being, Real. This is, so I, be, he's being real right now. I had to be real in that moment. You know, Hank? Like, that's how it is. Who do you be is. real with? Sarah. Who do you know on Be Real? Sarah, she's my only Be Real friend. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. All right, you're, you're entirely forgiven and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a way that Sarah and I can sh- show each other pictures every day. Isn't that how the kids use it? Uh, I have no idea because I I have assumed that no one I know uses Be Real. It's pretty great. But now I feel like I should get it so that I can be real with I'll you. send you an invite. Um, I've, I've thought that like I would really like all of my friends to be on Be Real because it's just nice to know what everybody's up to. But it's definitely a real life thing. It's not like... You know, like I, I can't see being famous on Be Real, but for me, that's one of the charms of it. Mm, I bet you, I bet somebody could figure it out. John. Do you think there's going to be Be Real celebrities? Yeah, well, you know what I think there will be. I think that there will be Be Crab celebrities. <laughs> My new app. <laughs> Once a day, you get a notification. You have to find a crab within two minutes and photograph it. Those are the rules. <laughs> No, you just have to you just have to pretend to be a, a crab and you have to do a good job. <laughs> Once a day, 
Stop what you're doing wherever you are. The reason yeah. I got Be Real, by the way, is I was speaking at a college. I was speaking to like 15 people and yeah. all at once, all 15 of them oh my God. felt something in their pockets, pulled out their pockets and immediately took a photograph. And I was like, what just happened? That was very weird. <laughs> it was a little bit scary, well, y'all. <laughs> and they were like, it's Be Real. You got to get it. And I was like, OK. And then I just showed it to Sarah and we really we enjoy it together. Nice. It's cute. That's Sorry, great. what was the, I wasn't I, I so, like long story short, I didn't listen to the question. Do snakes stretch? <laughs> and we don't, I, I think that. They, first off, they so, definitely do, because I see them yeah. stretch. Mm-hmm. I see them, yeah, maybe they, they, they don't do. stretch because they're uncomfortable, but I see them reaching for a place they have not yet gotten to, which is what I think mm-hmm. of as stretching. And that's very much a stretch. Yeah, it's very stretch. Apparently, um, I we don't, of course, we the minds of snakes are unknowable, unfortunately. However, there are uh there there is evidence that if you put a snake in a container where it cannot uh move its body to full length mm-hmm. or be able to i don't know exactly what the, the thing is but you can have a container too small where a, a snake isn't able to stretch in the way that a snake naturally would be able to and it is bad for the snake so in that way mm-hmm. yes snakes not only do stretch they need to that's the only answer I could come up with for you, Rebecca. But um, but I spent almost all of my time thinking about whether they scratch, which is not what you asked. <laughs> Hank, before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, we've answered so many questions, but let's answer just one more. It's been real, a real mess today. This question comes from Hillary. I'm sorry to everybody who asked a question this week. We'll try to do better next week. Hillary writes, Dear John and Hank, I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and I've noticed that sometimes the host will say something like, let's take a break. And then there's a little ditty that plays for three to 10 seconds and they return and then continue the podcast. Hold on, Hillary. I'm really sorry about this, but uh, let's take a break. So we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand Dr. Pepper. The off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same. And another is, of course, your health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. And the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. So go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash Dear Hank. And we're back. Thank you for your patience, <laughs> Hillary. Lots of podcasts take ad breaks, but is there a purpose for this sort of short music break? Not Clinton, Duff, or Swank, Hillary. I'm curious if John knows the answer to this question. I have, there are multiple answers depending on what podcast we're talking about. It's almost always one thing. If it's a real podcast, yes. But a lot of podcasts are ported from radio. Like if it's fresh air, it's sometimes pausing for station identification or pausing for 
ad breaks mm-hmm. on the radio that don't exist on the podcast. But it is almost always, correct me if I'm wrong, Hank, whatever it's called, dynamic advertising, who did he who's. Yes. It's yes, exactly. It's dynamic advertising, who did he who's, where um, some people are getting ads, but you are not. Right. Uh, or sometimes there is an ad, but right now there isn't because no one bought it. Yeah. So what it really means, Hillary, is that you are not a desirable consumer. <laughs> And that's on you, they Hillary. You should reflect. Yeah. Every time you don't hear an advertisement, you should reflect, what am I doing wrong that's preventing me from being marketed to? <laughs> and this is interesting because I used to say on tangents, I'd say, and now uh, we're going to pause for an ad and we'll be right back. But now, but they're like, you can't say that because sometimes there's no ad. So you just have to say, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Yeah. And in the... <laughs> studio, what we do in that situation is we say, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. And then I'm like, welcome, welcome back. back, everybody. There's no pause. <laughs> no, of course not. We don't go get a drink. No. We don't. No. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is one of those. I also did not know about dynamic advertising hootity who's until quite recently. And so on the yeah. old episodes of the Anthropocene Reviewed, I will say like, and now a word from our sponsor. And often there is no word from our sponsor because nobody wants to advertise to Hillary. It's just a little bit of noise, <laughs> a little bit of song. And on Deering and John, we don't do that because we don't have to because we do the fake ads, yeah. which we did before, way before we had ads. Yeah. And so we just like slot it in after the fake ads. Yeah. And it feels natural-ish. Ish. That's nice. Yeah. Ish. But anyway, thanks. Yeah. Thanks to um, our sponsors for today. Whoever they may be. Yes. I mean, but let's face it, they're probably policy genius. So thanks to them. (laughs) (laughs) Only you listening know who advertised to you today. Yeah, but we'd like to know. All right, Hank, there's news from AFC Wimbledon. There's proper news. All right. We have a manager. All right. All right. He is a young man. He has a lot of hair. He has an exceptional amount of hair. And I would say like a 9.30 p.m. shadow, like enough scruff that you're like, well, that's something, but not a beard. Mm -hmm. And he does have a name. His name is so much better than any name you've ever heard. It's Johnny Jackson. Johnny Jackson's not bad. Johnny Jackson. That's the only way I'm going to be referring to him from now on. He's AFC Wimbledon's new manager coming to us from Charlton Athletic. Uh, he's He is an athletic person himself. He looks uh, fit and trim, and his name is Johnny Jackson. <laughs> How do you say Johnny Jackson with an English accent? Don't answer. Don't John, answer. Johnny Jackson. Don't, I just said don't answer. It, it depends on which kind of English accent oh, you want, John. God, I'm offended. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere Oliver is not getting a second bowl of soup. <laughs> what? The way that accent that, that you just did was like a seventh yeah. grader performing Oliver Twist. Well, Johnny Jackson is oh, the Jesus new, Christ. this is like BBC voice, is the no, new definitely... manager of AFC Wimbledon. He uh, started out his career at Tottenham Hotspur. And after a series of loan spells, whatever that may be, he ended up at Colchester United, uh, a real champion there. Uh, and there's other names of places. There's Preston North End, Hull City, also Tranmere Rovers, Chetnam Town, and Southend United. 
at Notts County. At Notts County in two, in 2009, they say 2009 yeah. sometimes. Jackson signed yeah. for Notts County, signing a three a free uh, contract on an undisclosed fee. Uh, is the is the AFC? Wow, he's got quite a storied career, John. Goes hey, all the way through. He's not got his uh, update about AFC Wimbledon yet. We might have to type that one in ourselves. So two things. First off, there are moments when that accent is so good, which makes the other moments so <laughs> distressing. That's you know. So that makes me that 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 really lifted my spirits. <laughs> I'm glad because there are really there are moments when I'm like, oh, that sounds just like the BBC, and then there are other moments where I'm like, whoof, uh, he didn't hit that note. Uh, so, but I really, that's, I think what is so distressing about it is the percentage of time it's good. If it was always bad, um, it, those like flat notes would become routine, but as right. it is, they're so interspersed that you're like, oh God, every oh, time. Geez, what the hell? How did that happen? Secondly, I just like to remind everybody listening to this podcast that for like over a year of my life, no. Hank talked that way all the you don't time. don't have to bring it up. Well, you did, you were, I, I said... I wonder you how did. you say you his name in an English say, accent. Say, don't don't do, it. do it. And yeah. then you did it. And so that's the cost of, of talking in an English accent is that I get to remind everybody that yeah. you faked an English accent for over a year. What is the news from Mars? Well, I'm excited about Johnny Jackson. Johnny Jackson. And the news from Mars this week, our researchers have found evidence that suggests that Mars had liquid water flowing on it as recently as probably after 700 million years ago, which mm. is a long time ago. Long but time ago. Mars is old. Uh, so scientists are pretty dang sure that Mars had liquid water three billion years ago, which is a much longer time than 700 million, though, like an easy multiple away. So for clarity. So while the ongoing epoch that we are inside of now has been uh, colder and drier compared to that ancient watery period, uh, researchers from the National Space Science Center and the Chinese Academy of Sciences have been studying data generated by their uh, their Zhurong rover. So that's the thing that's going on right now. And it's, we're starting to get papers out of that. And that's what one of this is. Uh, and they've been using its spectrometers and cameras to study rocks. And the scientists found that some of those rocks have water molecules in them, forming what are called hydrated minerals. So it's not like water, but it's water molecules among minerals. And they also found duricrust, which is a type of hard crust that's formed by minerals that are deposited by water. And on Mars, they would have needed a lot of water coming from groundwater or melting subsurface ice for that to happen. So based on what they observed, the scientists estimated that the that these features could be as young as 700 million years old, meaning that there was water relatively recently. Still, I mean, not that recently. A long time ago. Yeah. Dinosaurs, 65 million years ago, 700 million is a lot more. But that would be a long time for there to be liquid water on a planet from 3 billion to 700 million years ago. And also kind of unlucky that like uh, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't around for it. Yeah. We missed the window. That's most of the time. Well, right. It's most of the time, but it's not most of the most recent time. Time is very weird that Correct. way. Uh, I, it never gets old to me thinking about how weird life is. Like it never gets old to me thinking Mm -hmm. about how, you know, early dinosaurs were more removed from Tyrannosaurus Rex than Tyrannosaurus Rex is from us. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. It's intense. It's a lot. 
Speaking of a lot, we're off to record our Patreon-only podcast, This Week in Stuff, where Hank and I talk about the stuff that brings us joy, or at mm-hmm. least pleasure. It's available at patreon.com slash John. Don't feel obligated, though. Yeah, it's not that good, if we're being honest. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy talking to my brother, though. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Julia Bloom. Our editorial assistant is Debucky Chakravarty. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to be awesome. awesome.